and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Victor Oladipo beat writer for the Miami Herald. Anthony, what's going on? How did you celebrate Depot Day, David? I was covering the Panthers. So uh, I, I followed it mostly through Twitter highlights and, you know, uh, a quick, you know, skimming through a rewatch this morning uh, through various uh, streaming capabilities we have in society today. Yes. Um, uh, it seemed like it went really well, though. Uh, obviously, you were there with uh, our colleague Jordan McPherson, uh, who I guess really is the Victor Oladipo beat writer, since you, guys were, he, you were there every night. He was there just for Depot Day. Um, I'll say Miami seemed to enjoy Depot Day, for, from what I could gather from not being in the building last night. Um, let's start with, obviously, we're going to go pretty much all Victor Oladipo this week. Uh, it's the biggest heat story we've had in I don't know a little while here um yeah other than you know since the trade deadline was pretty quiet uh we've talked about a lot just how we know so much uh, it feels like we know what this team is and have known what this team is for I don't know three months now basically three four I mean there have been obviously injuries along the way but but it's been such a steady season and this is the the wrinkle we were really waiting for um, the thing that could take the Heat, who are clearly a title contender, I think, and maybe vault them into that um, tier with, like, the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, I still think people probably consider the Bucks probably, probably uh, a stronger favorite than the Heat. Uh, we're recording this, I guess we should say, Tuesday afternoon. So the Heat actually will play the Suns on Wednesday. Um, and who knows, maybe the Heat will kill them, and all of a sudden they're the title favorite. But... Uh, the Victor Oladipo wrinkle was obviously the X factor here. If he came back and looked, I don't know, 80% of what he was when he was an all-star and whatever, that's a long time ago now, but whatever year that was, um, then this team was going to be even better than this already extremely good team that they are. Um, and for what is one night, and he played a, not very many minutes, but you could – I think that first of all the thing that struck me is – you know, this guy has played – how many minutes had he played for the Heat before last night? Like 60-something, right? It's like not a lot. He had not Sounds played about right. It was four yeah. games. Yeah. Four games. And, and yeah, on 60 minutes probably, I'm guessing. Maybe close to 80. 80, yeah. 20 minutes yeah. a game, yeah. Yeah, so he has not played a lot of minutes for the Heat. He's obviously been around the team a lot, been traveling now for a while, um, been very energetic and active on the bench, as a lot of people have pointed out. Um but Miami was very excited for last night, it felt like, uh, just, again, from watching uh, through Twitter and, and the replays and stuff I saw this morning. But uh, was that – were you, were you surprised at all by how just how jacked up uh, the FTX arena was for it last night? And what, what did you think of that reception? It was, it was pretty – felt pretty special. Yeah, it was a pretty cool night. Um, I wasn't too surprised just because of all the Victor Oladipo questions I get. Every single day. Right. Um, <laughs> and people have been so excited to, and just looking forward to seeing what Victor Oladipo would look like and kind of how he would help this team. Um, it's kind of really rare um, for a team of the Heat's caliber to get this type of boost um, or, you know, this potentially really yeah. big boost um, with one month left in the regular season. Um, so it's, it's it was unique in that sense. Um, I think it was obviously, 
highly anticipated. Um, and it really didn't disappoint. Yeah, he was on a minutes restriction of 15 minutes. I think he played like 14:38, so right on the button. Um, mm-hmm. But he played really well. Um, it was cool to hear, hear the Oladipo chants. You could see kind of Vic kind of soaking it all in um, and really enjoying the moment. Um, the first, you could tell like the first stint, he had a turnover, he missed a three. Um, looked a little bit like just trying to figure things out in the speed of the game. He hadn't played in 11 months, so it had been a while. But that second stint, if you watch that second stint, it was like eight minutes. It was a long stint. Yeah. I only had two stints in the game. Um, in that second half from the third quarter to like midway to the fourth quarter, he was really good on both ends. Um, challenging, you know, shots at the rim, took a, his second charge of the game, had a driving dunk, had a driving layup, had two assists. Um, you could see where he fits on both ends. Um, so yeah, it was a special moment just from like a, just kind of happy for Victor with everything, you know, everything he's been through, but also just from a basketball standpoint. You know, again, it was one night, like you said. It was against the Houston Rockets, which probably are the worst team in the NBA. Um, but he looked good. Um, and if that's any indication of, like, what he could be when he gets a few weeks, you know, under his belt, um, that's a really encouraging sign for the Heat. Yeah, he looked better than I thought he was going to look. And I think that is, um, I don't know, going to be a pretty common sentiment. It reminded me, it's weird because... Like, we got the Clay Thompson thing. How many months ago was that now? Two, three months ago of uh, his return. Yeah. And obviously that's a different level. But, um, you know, it was like a Clay Thompson night in micro miniature, right? Like where the – he has been through a lot, just like Clay had been through a lot. And, um, you know, you, you really pick out those moments, right? Clay had the dunk in that first game back. Victor had the dunk uh, at the end of this game. Uh, it took a charge within – what seven seconds, seconds of coming into the like game? That. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, which was just perfect. Um, it took another one, obviously later in the game too. Um, so the 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 energy in the crowd was, was pretty special, and obviously Miami crowds get a, a bum rap sometimes, and sometimes it's deserved. But uh, you know they they are a, a a fan base that knows when to rise to the big occasion, and they did last night. So so props to them. And, um, yeah, again, like, it just, he looked, especially as you said, in that second stint, he looked like he's going to help this team going forward. And I think the, the so there, there are two ways to look at Victor Oladipo's return. And one was he's going to get better as things go on, right? Because just he hasn't played in more than a year, right? Or basically 12 months. And obviously has you know, had a lot of traumatic injuries over the last couple of years. Um, so... You know he's gonna have to shake off some rust, and obviously you you saw that between even the first stint and the second stint it looked like. Um, and you know the other question with him is just always going to be, uh, you know the the risk of re injury, the the fatigue that you know it's it's hard to play. You know he looks pretty much a hundred percent healthy right now. I you know you never want to put like a percentage on someone's health, but he looks. 100% healthy, and Spo said he was. Well, I think it was Spo, right? Who said it's as healthy as he feels like he's been in three years. Um, yeah. And you know, if that's all true, then then some of like you know, sometimes when you come back from an injury, there's that fatigue factor where you know, once the first couple of games can be great because that leg is 100%. Like you know, you're not feeling any of the, the wear and tear. But 
obviously it's a a leg that has been through a lot. You know, his lower body has been through a lot over the last three years. And you know, twenty games into this return, is he going to be feeling some of that fatigue? That's a possibility too. But you know, if they get what they get, what they got in that second stint last night, let's say that that is the Victor Oladipo. You know, it's not an all an extra All Star, right? It's not it's not a fourth star, but it's um, maybe a fifth or sixth best player, uh, which is, you know, that <laughs> you need seven, eight guys in the playoffs. And, and he looked in the second stint last night like a guy who can be one of those factors in the postseason, like we, we kind of thought was a possibility. Yeah, and and, uh, and that's a very good transition, David, um, into we, we wanted to actually sh- share some sound bites um, from Vic's uh, postgame interview, his, his first comments um since media day in late yeah. september so it's been a while um and he he i asked him actually like how he felt um in his you know this kind of you know first game back compared to his first game back i think it was in 2000 january 2020 with the pacers after his first yeah. knee surgery um i thought he gave an interesting answer honestly it's nine and day to be honest with you um I think I'm pretty much look better than I did when I first returned the very first time back in Indy too. So, um, you know, I'm still getting stronger, still getting better. You know, that was a great, you know, first go around, getting my feet wet. You know, but I'm excited, man. I'm looking forward to the year. Um, just got to keep getting better. It's not always going to be perfect, um, but that's okay. Um, my mentality will always be the same. Um, and I've been resilient since. I even can breathe, so I'm not going to stop now. So yeah, I mean, it is encouraging that he says it's he, it's night and day. You know, yeah. I think the Heat has really taken a pa- patient approach with him. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, you could you could tell they've really been patient. They've really tried to um, really downplay expectations. Just kind of, you know, letting Vic ramp up to this point, and they're going to keep slowly ramping him up to you know, maybe a bigger role in a few weeks. But, you know, he's going to be on a strict ministry restriction here for the next, I would say, you know, I suppose to the foreseeable future. Um, so, you know, what will his role be in three weeks? What will his role be in a month when, you know, when the playoffs begin? We don't know that yet. But, you know, if, if, if again, if Monday was any indication, um, you know, he could have a pretty big and consistent role. Uh, on this team. And and one other thing I wanted to point out that I thought was cool that I really hadn't thought about before Monday. You know, Vic, we, we I think yesterday might have been the third time we've ever spoken to him. Right, yeah. I think Crazy. he talked right after the trade, right? And then, yeah. Maybe after his like first game back. Night. I think maybe it was, four, maybe it was the fourth Four, time we've yeah. spoken to him. Maybe. Fourth or fifth, whatever. But he's been on the team for a year. Yeah. And, you know, we barely know him as reporters because, you know, uh, you know with the locker room closed and – we only we get to talk to guys in the press conference room, and you know, obviously, he hasn't been available. Um, but you could tell how much of you know how the relationships he's built in the locker room with guys, mm-hmm. just by the way they talk about him. And you know, you don't realize that when you're not, you know, we don't see it firsthand anymore. We're not in the locker room. Um, he hasn't been around the team that much this season, so we don't really see it. But when Tyler talks about him, he's like, "Yeah, me and Vic are really close. Like we have a really strong relationship." And Victor, it's asked about Tyler. And he's like, "Yeah, that's my guy. Like, we we really are close." It's like, huh? I didn't, you know, not that right. you don't expect like, again, it, but like you, you just don't see, realize. You see him that, on the you know? bench. You see he's excited, but it's a yeah. whole different thing to be like energetic on the bench versus like a part of the team, especially when you know he's been traveling a lot lately. What basically the last 
six, seven weeks, I think, right? He's been kind of traveling with the team. Yeah. It's been a long time. Um, but, you know, for a long time he was not practicing and not, you know, it doesn't mean he's not part of the team, not in, you know, it doesn't mean he's not in meetings. It doesn't mean he's not, um, you know, around practice and shooting around or whatever before and after practice. But for a long time he was in his own box, right? He was rehabbing. He was um, doing individual work, like, but yeah, the, he has been on the team for a long time now, uh, as as you mentioned, and you know we uh, it's something we talked about a lot last year, and you know we're still not in the locker room, um, like you said, but the bubble team it was obvious that that team had a chance to be special because of how close they were, and last year we you know, we don't know what happened, you know we don't know what things were like behind the scenes, but between COVID and you know they obviously weren't in the locker room all the time like they they usually are. Um, guys were in and out of the lineup because of COVID and injuries. It just did not seem like they had that. And this team does seem like it has that, that uh, I don't know, chemistry or, or like that, that kind of connection, that it factor that, that the bubble team did. And um, Victor Oladipo seems like he is a, a big part of that, whether that is, uh, you know, who knows, maybe maybe Kyle Lowry has done a really good job of making sure he's, you know, just, just throwing out a random possibility like you know we don't we have no idea how that connection kind of came about but uh it's important that that kind of stuff is really important um you look across the nba how many teams are grumpy all the time and very rarely do grumpy teams win championships yeah i think that's really well put and um i mean you could max Struess. you know we're going to talk about this in, yeah. later in this episode but after the game you know he basically did he played the final three minutes um, but he basically wasn't in the rotation. He, you know, when he emptied their, the bench, him and Gabe entered the game. Um, after, you know, after on Instagram, he celebrates Depot Day by, like, you know, saying Happy Depot yeah. Day and, and posting a highlight or a video of, of his return. But that's that's kind of what, you know, it's cliche, but like you said, it matters, right? I mean, that stuff um, all matters, you know, when times are tough and you're going through a, a rough stretch, you know, when, when guys have each other's backs and guys are kind of celebrating each other. Um, you could see that they they have they like playing with each other and um and obviously this team has sacrificed a lot throughout the whole season um with roles and minutes just because how deep it is and it's gonna get even uh worse now with you know guys returning and, and the roster pretty much almost at full health and you know, mm-hmm. full strength. Um so I mean that that's just an example of kind of um the selflessness, you know, with this team and kind of what makes this team unique because it's it's not that common. Uh, in professional sports, I'm I'm curious based on what we saw last night. I, I think we both had expectations for what he would be, um, and how he might affect the team. Um, now, granted, we were not very strong in our predictions, right? We were very much, I think, like everyone in wait and see. Yeah. Um, did last night again? It's one game. It's how many minutes? Twelve minutes, something like that. Fifteen minutes. Fifteen yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um, did last night? change your expectations for what he's going to be this year at all, or is it still take it strictly on a, a game-by-game basis? Um, I don't know if last night changed my expectations. I was in very much wait-and-see mode. Yeah. Um, I think I was talking about this with Barry Jackson um, privately, but I, I will share that I was just, you know, I was like, I don't I don't know what to expect. I'm kind of just, yeah, like wait-and-see. I, I want to see what he could offer. I mean, it's hard. It's impossible to kind of know how – how he'll play. I mean, after a second surgery, um, it was encouraging the first game. I will say that. 
Um, so I don't think I, – I thought that at the very most he would have a very consistent role off the bench, maybe be a part of some late-game situations mm-hmm. just because of what he can do in defensive end. And I still think that is how he can help this team most. Yes, offensively, creating off the dribble for others is going to be important, especially in the playoffs. But defensively, as another really good athletic – versatile perimeter defender, I think that's where he can help this team most. Um, I really do. So, And I think we saw some of that in his season debut. Um, and, you know, the Heat, there are so many times where, again, you know, they have so many good defenders, Kyle, Jimmy, Bam, PJ. Now if we throw Vic in there as the fifth guy in some of those situations where you need stops, I don't know how you score against that lineup. Yeah. Um, so... I really think that's where he adds the most. And then, yeah, offensively, I think in transition with his speed and athleticism as well, if he can knock down a few threes, that'll be important, especially if he's playing alongside Jimmy and Bam. Um, yeah. But I just keep coming back to the defense. I, I think that's where he's going to be the biggest help. Yeah, I think the shooting is going to be really important to uh, his ceiling for this team. Yeah, for uh, sure. Because, for sure. because with, you know, when – at the start of the year, we didn't know Tyler Hero was going to be this kind of, like, has to have the ball in his hands, creator, scorer, do every, you know, six man of the year. Uh, now, the Heat has, has four guys who are going to basically, between Bam, Jimmy, Kyle, and Tyler. Like, there's not a whole lot of, like, creation responsibilities left when you, when you look at those four guys. Those guys are going to have the ball initiating the offense on pretty close to 100% of possession possessions come playoff time um but you know Victor Oladipo if he can you know he, it's weird like he and, he and PJ Tucker are such different players but like if he can do the PJ Tucker thing like if he can basically give you 15 minutes of what PJ Tucker does in terms of like hitting open threes and then like being an absolute terror on defense and obviously PJ guards bigs more than than Vic will but I think that is kind of the, like the, the template for what he can be uh, and then obviously we you know we know he's got a higher offensive ceiling than a guy like PJ Tucker and and you know when the offense breaks down and you need a, a shot at the buzzer um, and for what you know if Tyler's not on the floor and you can't get it to him to take a tough shot like Victor Oladipo is a guy who can do that. You mentioned the transition stuff um, that has been such a big part of this team story this year and uh, he's, he's a good fit with that um, and then. His, uh, you know, there's just the athleticism. Like, this Heat team is always, they're, they're I don't want to say they're the best cutting team in the league because I don't watch every team enough, but that has always been so much of what makes this team good is so many NBA teams just kind of stand around on offense and the Heat are always cutting and moving. And, and obviously, Vic is a, you know, he can get you a backdoor dunk once a game or something because of his athleticism and his speed, like you mentioned. And, I think you know the de- like you're right. It's it's all going to be about defense for him. Um, but the he, he's going to have to shoot it. I think to be the it, it's weird because like he exceeded my expectations in terms of like what he looked like as an athlete and all that kind of stuff. But it, ultimately, I don't know if that's going to matter as much as as the defense, like you said, yeah. which is I think we like know what that's going to be for the most part. And then the shooting, and again, like. I don't know how good of a shooter he's going to be. He hasn't played in a year, but he's probably been working a lot on his jumper. Like, is that's one thing you can always be working on? 
Shot two of three on threes last night. So yeah, exactly. Like he looked good, good from deep last night. Like it's yeah. one game, so I don't want to like yeah freak out about it. Well, if he can shoot sixty seven percent from three, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think he'll be pretty good for this team. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. uh, one another thing that stood out to me about last night, just about when we talk about pairings, um, half of his minutes came with Kyle and Tyler. Um, I thought that was interesting. Um, obviously, Spoh's very yeah. creative with lineups. We've talked about how they might go small in the playoffs. Um, they won eight of his 15 minutes were in the lineup of Kyle, obviously Vic, Tyler, Caleb, and Bam. Um, Caleb, I guess, is the four in that group. Um, but just, I, I, I'm just, you know, trying to, I think that's going to be really, really interesting to kind of just monitor how Spo, you know, he has limited minutes to use Vic right now. How is he going to make the most of them and kind of just exploring different combinations, different lineups? Playoffs are a month away. He has to figure stuff out, right? I mean, he doesn't have yeah. much time to wait. So I thought that was an interesting um, kind of trend in that first game. And the fact that almost all of his minutes came with Tyler. Um, that's Again, I talked about how they're close and have a, they've developed a relationship, but they're two you know, high-usage guys for the most part. Well, they have been in their careers, especially Tyler this season. How is that going to work? Will that change Tyler's role in those bench units when, with mm-hmm. Vic out there? Is Vic going to play more off the ball? Is Tyler going to play more off the ball? Um, I also think that's something that's definitely worth monitoring because they are going to play a lot together, you know, with them both coming off the bench. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to stay for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, should we uh, should we talk about a little bit about what this is going to mean for the rest of the roster? Like you you alluded to it at the top, but obviously Max Struess has been a huge part of this team. Although as we noted, I think it was last week we talked about him, that he had a was it was like two weeks ago he had his first DNPCD in a long time. Um, obviously, Gabe Vincent has been uh, a huge part of this team, especially when Kyle Lowry was out. Um, and now those two guys, as you mentioned, Struess got three garbage time minutes. Uh, Gabe Vincent uh, did not play, right? Didn't, he didn't get in at all, did he? He did, the final three minutes. Just like, just oh, like, he got the uh, final Max. three also. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, those two guys have been a huge part of what this team has done all year. Now it looks like when, you know, in Victor Oladipo, there's probably going to be nights when he doesn't play at all. Obviously, there's going to be nights down the stretch here where Jimmy gets a night off or Kyle gets a night off or, you know, an injury pops up and these guys are going to get their chances to contribute but, you know, like you said, last night was pretty much a, a full-strength Heat team and a little bit of a preview of what, like, a playoff rotation might look like, uh, obviously with Markeith Morris still potentially looming out there in the distance. Um, but 
Were you surprised that, that just Max Schrutz and, and Gabe Benson totally out of the rotation in Victor Oladipo's first game back? I was a bit surprised, but I probably shouldn't have been because, you know, they needed to create 15 minutes for Vic. And I, at first I thought, well, Kyle's out, right? Because Kyle was listed as out until hours before the game right. when it was upgraded to questionable. If Kyle was out, then probably Gabe would have started. He would have, you know, Gabe would have played 20-plus minutes. Maybe Max would have been on the rotation. But the fact that Kyle was back, Vic was making his return. Um, the Heat have used a nine-man rotation for pretty much the entire season. Uh, it shouldn't. I mean, it really wasn't too surprising. I, you know, obviously, Deadman and, and Hero were going to play off the bench, um, and then Caleb has been playing so well um, that it, it just made sense. I guess that it was Max and Gabe. I, the one thing I don't know um, is if that was like a one-game thing, just to right. get just to free up minutes for Vic and his in his debut against you know a team that the Heat were obviously expected to beat. Um, I don't know if that will be the case moving forward. Like. You know, when he faced the Suns on Wednesday, I know people were listening to this after that game. Uh, I don't, I don't know if that was just a special occasion where they did that. So, I, uh, I, you know, there is going to be have to be at least one or one of those guys that's probably going to be out of the rotation just to make it work. Um, but you know, I, I don't know if it'll be Vic. I don't know if it'll be. I mean, I don't know if it'll be Gabe. I don't know if it'll be Max. Maybe Caleb on some nights. It, it might just depend on the matchup. Um, but there's no doubt that Spo has tough rotation decisions to make. And um, again, I, I asked him about that after the game and he, he gave a pretty pretty good answer he said that that's for amateurs just kind of that talk about having too much talent too many decisions to make um here was his full answer look we're trying to do one of the toughest things there is in this sport this man right here knows how difficult it is you need everybody um i don't even want to like that, that you know that's for amateurs you know people talking about you have too much talent or you got too many decisions to make yeah, good. Then on the other side of it, where, where uh, you don't have a realistic chance to try to do something special, and that's a, a whole lot more uh, frustrating. And um, I understand, you know, you know, the opportunity with this group. It's not all going to be perfect. It's not it, everybody's not always going to be happy. But if we have a really mature group in this locker room, they understand the big picture, and and we're going to need uh, we're going to need everybody. So, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I suppose says these are problems that you want, right? These are decisions you want to have to make. It's better to be on this end of it than be on a team where you don't have enough guy rotation caliber players to, to, to play, right? So, um, but it doesn't, you know, obviously it, it still means that there are tough decisions. Whether Spo likes them or not and wants to make those decisions or not, like, they're there. Um, so, again, this month, these next four to five weeks of the regular season, um, that's high on the Heat's to-do list, like finding yeah. a, their bench rotation. And again, it might change from week to week. It, it might just be that, you know, that that's just might be what, what it is because of the depth of this team, but they're going to have to at least find some kind of just uh, foundation uh, for a bench rotation um, before the playoffs. Yeah, and not, not to harp too much on the chemistry stuff that we talked about at the beginning, which, as you mentioned, can sound cliche, but matters. And it matters in a situation like this, right, where, you know, and – you know, Gabe Vincent pouting would not tank the heat, right? Like, just if that happened. Um, we saw, you know, the the bubble heat that was this team we talked about with the great chemistry. They had Deion Waiters, like, in the middle of – there was, like, controversy after controversy with him that year for, for half of that season. So um, it's 
it wouldn't, again, like one issue wouldn't tank this team, but it does, like you said, Max Drews is posting about it on uh, Instagram last night uh, about how excited he is for Victor Oladipo. And it seems all genuine, right? And if that's all true, like that is a really important testament to the chemistry this team has. And again, that's, you kind of need that to, to, to win a championship for the most part. Like I said, it's very rare that a team, a grumpy team or a team that doesn't have good chemistry wins. And this heat team, which, and you know, the teams that do that need elite, elite level talent. And does this heat team have that? I don't know, but they have that, that special thing where, Again, they have a lot of options, and they have options who all seem to like each other and are willing to get a DNP one night and then come out and play 15 minutes the next night and hit a couple threes. And that is – this team, you know, there, there's a reason that the Heat, uh, I think, maybe don't get as much national attention. And then people who really like the Heat really like the Heat. It's because they they're operate differently than everyone else. And I think this last, last night was a really good testament to to what exactly makes this Heat team great. Yeah, I, I, again, I think that's that's well said, and, and you know, injuries happen, right? I mean, we've seen it right. all year. It, it, it's very rare that you're not dealing with at least one injury. Um, so obviously, you can't you can't afford an injury to Bam or Jimmy or right or or, or even Kyle. But you know, if, if somebody else gets hurt or sprains an ankle. This team has a depth to overcome that. I don't think anybody's thinking, "Oh, wow, this is it." If, if like you know, I, I don't know, Caleb Martin gets hurt, for instance. Yeah, that's that hurts, but you have Max Schrus, Gabe Vincent, and Victor Oladipo to play off the bench, and you know, if if Caleb's out, so it's that that helps, especially in the playoffs. When again, injuries are probably going to happen. They're going to be, there might be some guys who have to miss games, and this team has a depth to overcome that. Um, so yeah, I mean, at this point, David, like I, again, I don't think we know what's going to happen with Markeef. Um, that's still kind of an unresolved yeah. um, situation. Um, obviously, time is running out. I had I, heard a few weeks ago that there was maybe some growing optimism that he would return. I don't know if that's changed. Um, he's still around the team a lot. You still see him working out before games. Um, he might still come back. I don't think that's, that hasn't been ruled out. That you know, I know that. Um, so, but if he does come back, I mean. Do you think he plays? Like, is there a role for him? Or I don't know, yeah, back, are we, get, are we getting Keith Day at some point? Like, who knows? Um, I think it's probably trickier at this point. Um, now we've talked about, the, like, you know, when if they play a series against a bigger team, they're, you know, they can maybe use that extra little punch of size. But, I mean, we talked about it, I think, last week that, you know, is Dwayne Dedman even going to be in the postseason rotation? Like, who knows? Um, the, you know, bigs get phased out come playoff time. And, and obviously Marquise is a, a floor spacing big for the most part. But, yeah, I, I, again, Victor Oladipo, if Victor Oladipo was coming back 10 games later, I don't know if we'd be having the same conversation about him. Like you said, we're running out of time. Um And I, I think he would fall into the luxury category, whereas I think Victor Oladipo coming back – at this moment, gives him time to carve out a role with this team. Again, it seems, you know, he's obviously feels like he's been, like, kind of more involved lately because he's, it feels like the Heat probably could have brought Victor Oladipo back a couple of weeks ago. And like you said, they were, like, doing kind of all due caution. He obviously was in Sioux Falls for a while, uh, getting some five-on-five run there. So I think they've been, 
like they've been kind of planning this out for for Oladipo in terms of like when we can bring him back so that we know we can have him ready to potentially play a role in the playoffs. I think it's that's not obviously the situation with Marquise where it sounds like the team doesn't even know exactly when he's going to be back. So I I mean I would say the odds right now are, are between just the fact that we don't know the injury status and then like you said that we're running out of time uh, even if he does make a return with three weeks left in the season. I, the odds are definitely against him being a contributor come playoff time, but man, that would be a, a nice a, other luxury. Even if he is a guy who <laughs> is, like you said, maybe you need him for one game and he helps you out because of that. This goes uh, also just, basically at some point, right? He started games this year for them. Like he's Yeah, he's yeah. Crazy. I mean, also just like if P.J. Tucker gets hurt, I mean, right, there really yeah. well, isn't that's a... The thing. They, they're much deeper. That's the one position you really don't have a back, yes, backup exactly. for, you know, yeah. at this point. So, that, I mean, he'd be definitely helping uh, in that regard. Um, I, I know rotations usually shrink in the playoffs to, like, eight. Um, but, I mean, is there any thought? I mean, I don't, I, I've, I've been thinking about this. Like, do the Heat leverage their depth by going the other way and expanding the rotation to ten in the playoffs to get – another guy in there or or do you think that's kind of productive you know when you need your best players to play as many minutes as possible um and then you're just kind of thinning out those minutes by adding another body in there um i, I don't know i see both sides well, yeah, of it I mean, that's I, I kind of thought because so, like in the rotation or just keep it at nine but it's it's a possibility i mean i could see it every now and then giving a 10th guy like seven minutes here and there yeah so that's an interesting thought because you're not gonna you know whatever jimmy kyle bam Tyler probably, like, their minutes are just going to be set in stone, right? And then the question is, do you have four role players play, or do you cut every role player's minute by two and give the, an extra guy for eight minutes? And right. it just lets everyone go 110 miles per hour for, whereas, you know, you, you've got to, like, you know, if you play 12 minutes, it's hard to be, like, going 100, 100 miles per hour, being 100% energy for, for those 12 minutes. But if you cut it down to eight and you just get that extra little burst, that, that's an interesting thought that this team might have the luxury to do. Um, obviously, you know, different guys fit different roles. Like, again, I think Max Struess's role will probably be if the shooting goes cold and they need him in and yeah. they want to get an extra shooter on the floor. Um, you know, Gabe Vincent, if... Kyle Lowry gets in foul trouble or something. He's going to play. But yeah. obviously he can, you know, he and Victor and Caleb, those guys can all give you like eight minutes of energy if, if they're out of the rotation and you just tell them to come in, especially like Caleb and um, Victor. Like, could you imagine just telling those guys you have eight minutes to play, ten minutes to play in a game and just go all out, make, right. make stuff happen? Yeah, like those guys are, That's the per, they have that kind of perfect skill set for that. Um, and especially, you know, that might that you know, maybe that is what Victor winds up being if if that you know if some of the fatigue sets in over the next couple of weeks with, with all the injuries he's been through, um, and it's hard for him to go more than 15 minutes a night or whatever. Maybe they tell him 10 minutes all out, uh, get a bunch of treatment the next day, do the same thing the next night. So they, they've got they're going to have options, and um, it's kind of it feels like a thing we're just not going to know until the first time they run into trouble in the playoffs. The depth of this team is just truly incredible. 
And I mean, I, I the incredible thing is that at the beginning of the year that we thought yeah. it was the weakness of this team. Exactly. I, just, I was going to say, I just keep revisiting that conver- like our conversations before the season, even early on in the season, where we thought the depth was a, the biggest weakness of this team. And yeah. they probably are, I would say, the deepest team in the NBA I, I, with Victor Oladipo back. I mean, they truly have, like, and, and that's not even kind of like Omar Yurtseven, right? But they probably have... 12 guys who might like like realistically probably deserve rotation minutes on this team I think um it's remarkable um and it's a testament to not only the coaching staff and the players and all that but but the scout you know scouting department the front office like they find they found so many of these guys just undrafted we've talked about many times um develop them and they are legit NBA rotation players that you're like, how could you keep them off the court? Um, that's basically, that's basically a conversation. You know, those are the conversations you and I are having right now. So yeah, and I think it's just really impressive, you know, what they've done in building this roster from where it was just a few years ago. All right. I think we can just about wrap things up there. Um, I don't know. Anything else left over from, from last night that stood out to you that we didn't hit on? I mean, just that Tyler Hero is like, I mean, he's locked up six men of the year, right? I yeah, mean, he's, he has taken another step. I think he's taken another in-season step. Like, since the All-Star break, I don't know if it's just that he's rested or healthier now after he got time to rest the knee. Um, but he has been on a scoring binge, and he can score. Like, he looks like a like an elite scorer in the NBA right now. Yeah. Like, he can score at all three levels. doesn't matter what defense you play against him. He's getting his shots up. Can get to the rim. He's getting to the free throw line more. You know, obviously making the mid range. He's shooting a high percentage from three. He's, I think, twenty two. I believe. Um, it, again, very <laughs> Tyler Hero is a. I know they call him the bucket. A bucket. He he is a bucket. Like he is. Bucket. He's probably the best scorer on this team. I would say easily. Even you know more of a pure scorer than Jimmy, um, who you know Jimmy leads the team in scoring. But I, I think if you just talk about pure score. Tyler's that guy. Yeah. Um, you, another thing you, is, if you had to put Tyler on like the Orlando Magic, he would have he would maybe lead the league in scoring. He probably averaged thirty a game, right? Yeah. His shooting he wouldn't be as efficient, obviously, but yeah, yeah. he would have. It'd be like when Brad, Brad Beal led the league in scoring last year for the Wizards, right? Like you get to take shots on a bad team; it goes a long way. As, as someone who follows the Wizards, David, I mean, how happy would you be if the if the Wizards traded? Not happy, I guess, but like. Would you be satisfied with the return if Tyler Hero was the centerpiece of that package back for Beal at this point? Uh, I think the Brad Beal era has gotten pretty dark in in the district, so um, I, I think people would be happy with anything. Although I I don't think I kind of think it's it's funny because the Wizards are kind of going through the same thing with Kyle Kuzma, where Kyle Kuzma had this rep as being like an Instagram celebrity more than he was a basketball player, and then he got to Washington and like actually got to like be out of that LeBron shadow, out of the L.A. glitz and glam, and people are like, oh, this guy's really good. Like, And I think he's kind of become a fan favorite in Washington. And I feel like right now a lot of the a lot of the, the casual NBA uh, fandom, obviously Tyler's been great and he's probably going to win sixth man of the year, and, and I think there's more appreciation. But I th- still think there's like a segment of people who are like, think he's more an Instagram celebrity than he is a basketball player. Like Jack Harlow um, so, song. And yeah, all exactly. So like, I think um, like Wizards fans, if if they traded for Tyler Hero, would probably be annoyed at first, and then he would play some games, and they would like be all in because 
Yeah. He's awesome. I mean, he's good. He's really good. He's really good. He'll be yeah. an all-star one day. There's, there's my, I don't even know that's a bold prediction anymore, but he will be an wow. all-star one day. You started the year with bold prediction of he's going to win six men of the year. Now, for the end of the year, he's going to be an all-star one day. Yeah, maybe right. it might not be in Miami. Maybe at some point he's does like the Jeremy Grant thing and gets to go to be, have his own team somewhere. But he's going to be an all-star one day. Yeah, he's a Tyler Hero, one of the probably maybe the one the biggest bright spot of on this team right now of yeah. this season. Uh, for you know, in the middle of a really remarkable season, he he might be the biggest bright spot. Um, the second thing I want to say before we end it is the Heat. I mean, it just looks like the end game here is the number one seed. Yeah. They're in really good position um, to get that one seed. Obviously, we've talked about it last few weeks. They have a lot of home games, but just by going three and one last week against those four team, you know, four Eastern Conference powers, um, it basically, I, I think, I mean, unless they have a total meltdown, kind of sealed up the one seed to me. I know they have a three game lead on second place Philly. Um, they have the tiebreaker on um, on Chicago. Yeah, four and, and a half on, up on Chicago now. Like they're, four and a half up on Chicago. They have a better conference record um, than Milwaukee. So even though they split the series, um, they would have, have a tiebreaker there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philly, they can clinch the tiebreaker with a win in Philly. But also, they have a better conference record than Philly. So they're just in really good position yeah. to get that one seed uh, this year. Uh, what I got for you, Anthony, did you watch uh, Winning Time, the Lakers HBO show on Sunday? I did not. I saw you tweet about it, and I was intrigued, but I have not seen it yet. How so was uh, it, how Riley depicted? He was not in it yet. It appears he's going to be in it next week, based on like the trailer for next week. You know, the preview for next week's episode they do after. Uh, he's played by uh, Academy Award winner Adrian Brody. Yep. Um. So looks like him too, right? Like I've seen the yeah, kind of like yeah, like a young young pad. Yeah. Um. So I I think at some point. Uh, maybe maybe next week we, we we'll we'll try to you could get caught up. There's only one episode so far, so uh, whenever Pat Riley shows up, I feel like we're we're gonna need to discuss that on this podcast. Okay, very, I'm up for that. very entertaining first episode though. I don't know how accurate it is. Uh, Jerry West does not come away looking great. Um, very very angry fella as the show portrays him, and and uh, did not want to draft Magic Johnson, which feels like that can't be real. But I don't know. I've never read Jeff Perlman's book. I might have to do that. Uh. As I continue watching this, but uh, yeah, very entertaining. John C. Riley, great, great John C. Riley is Jerry Buss. Um, yeah, very, very entertaining. I, I would recommend it to any NBA fan. I'm down. Let's do it next yeah. few weeks. Let's do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, got all your heat coverage you need. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson two. Um, as always, I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, spring practices started for Miami this week. Um, first practice of my, my Mario Cristobal era on Monday. So uh, that was pretty fun to be back out there. And, um, you know, busy busy time. Even with baseball not happening, it's a, it's a busy time in Miami sports these days. Um, so just go to MiamiHerald.com and click on everything. Um, thanks, as always, for listening. And we will uh, talk to you guys next week.